right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 42 of the Evan Growth live stream. Um, we got a special week this week. This is no code comp week. Um, super excited about the event, a little bummed out. We're not doing this all in person. So what you're gonna see us try to do is create some of those opportunities for connections. Yesterday, we had a really cool networking event. Um, today, we're doing this live stream. We're gonna try some live call-in, live stuff. We're gonna mix, gather, and the YouTube live stream at the end of this. So stay tuned for how we get interactive with some of the stream. And then tomorrow and Thursday, we're doing some um, long form live stream stuff. So we're gonna premiere FinSuite TV. That's going to go along with the attributes launch. We'll talk about all of this as we go. And then Friday, we're gonna do a recap stream. So today we're gonna speculate a little bit. We're gonna talk a little bit about what the community wants, what we kind of expect to see at the conference what we expect not to see. Um, and we'll, you know, like we do, go back and forth with the community comments, questions, et cetera. And then again, at the end, we'll give you an opportunity to, to maybe jump on with us and, um, you know, share your thoughts, what you expect to see, et cetera. But before we get too far into this thing, let's have and grow. Okay. What is up, Joe? Hello, hello. Ready for no code conf? Yeah. A lot of preparation. And yeah, we're we're almost here. I'm I'm pumped. Yeah. How are you? I'm super excited. Um I've been going through some of the like photos and stuff from last year and just um seeing people posting on Twitter and kind of getting like the vibe of everything that's going on and and again it's hard to replicate that excitement of like 500 people in one space, but somehow it does still feel exciting. All the online stuff, all the connections, seeing where people have gone from the last time we interacted as a, you know, in a conference setting to where we're at today. Um, so it's kind of cool seeing the industry evolve, you know, seeing people kind of uh, figuring out their position and growing with, you know, Webflow. So I don't know, what are your thoughts, Joe? In addition, figuring out how to do this type of event online. Traditionally, we've had these events and it's just in person. That's how you do most events. But now with all of these societal changes, going online, going digital, it's a challenge. Uh, yeah. And it's really interesting to see how companies are doing this. I, I stopped in a couple other conferences, digital, virtual, and it's different. It's interesting. So uh, I'm really excited to experience this one because I was at the the first one with you and I know it's going to be very different than that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's unique to see as more of these events go online and as more, you know, people try to figure out how to like, because we're a global audience, right? And so we realized this recently when we did our FinSuite retreat, because we are spread out so far, it's like harder to get from certain places to the other, you know? And so like, um, I could imagine even on Webflow side of things, wanting to make this more inclusive and how do you figure out how to get to some of those remote audiences and online is for sure the way. And so it'd be interesting to see how like the whole event space works out, um, balancing, you know, in-person stuff to online, et cetera. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that, share them with us in the comments here. Let's say what's up to Daniel Brasano, Mark Tiedman, what's up? Agabola, Mark is here. Oh, Mark again. <laughs> Magdalena, uh, Richard, what's up? Rock and roll CEO, what's up, Mustafa? Ezekiel Rocha in the house. Dale Jensen, Babis, 
Zach Bujazia, what's up? Uh, Rohan's in the house. Stephen Hilario Boricua's in the house. What's up, Stephen? Uh, Penny Orlinshaw, what's up, Penny? Shout out to Penny. Uh, Diego Diaz, Jeremy LaRoe. Uh, Michael is here. What's up? Frank, Sam, Keegan, Brandon, Aditya. Damn, WKD is here. What is up, everybody? Welcome. We're going to have a little bit of fun today, I think. Let's get the, um, yeah, let's get this thing up here. Let's get the announcements out of the way. What do we have for announcements today, Joe? Announcements. Uh, tomorrow, No Code Conf Attributes is launching. We have been working on our new platform called Attributes. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, audience, for that wonderful round of applause. <laughs> we released a beta of this some months ago. It was quiet. We didn't really advertise it too much. We just talked about it on the live show. We've made some updates to the system. We have now migrated our CMS library over to the system. And all of this launches tomorrow. So we are preparing for a launch of this tomorrow. And now if you're going to implement filtering, if you're going to be implementing load more, if you're going to be implementing sliders, tabs, anything that you would do with CMS library, you're now going to do that with attributes. It's mm -hmm. better in every single way. Yeah. So that's tomorrow. Be on the lookout for that. It will be live by the time no code conference starts. Nice. And along with that, um, we're going to be doing like a premiere slash test of something we're calling FinSuite TV. Um, we have a ton of content from the last couple years and even clips that we've been cutting from this episode and stuff that like, um, we think is fresh and relevant and doesn't get spotlighted enough. And so we're, um, maybe some of you saw this, we teased it at the, uh, networking event yesterday. We shared some links, but we're going to start playing through some of that. And we're going to like interact with blending like these gather hangouts with live streaming on YouTube and also being available for real-time interactions, education, live support, things like that. And so we're going to test some of that tomorrow live from our booth at no code comp. And so you can stop by and check out the booth. Uh, we'll have the space and gather will be open throughout the whole conference. So we've got capacity inside of gather for anyone who wants to come hang out. If in between sessions, if during downtime, um, if you just want to come hang out with other folks, that's going to be available. So throughout the entire conference, we're going to be experimenting with multimedia stuff, launching attributes. So we'll be focusing on and showcasing that. And then we'll also be having little watch parties. There's a ton of people from our community here that are, um, let's see, actually, let me recognize some of those folks. Do you mind if we run through this, Joe? Let's, let's, let's share. Yeah. I want to give some love to the folks who are kind of part of our community who have involved in the different things that are in our Slack channel who are speaking. So, um, Wednesday, Kendra Rainey from Edgar Allen is going to be giving a talk on uh, Build Stronger Brand with No Code. Uh, she's from Mason Poe. Uh, Lacey Kessler is democratizing the web one no code tool at a time. So she's also part of the No Code Conf, uh, Broadcast TV, along with uh, Pixel Geek and Kyle Pitticelli, who we're familiar with. Uh, Vensi, who was at the networking event yesterday, how no code tools helped during India's COVID surge. She had a really cool story about this platform she built and the way that impact. Um, impacted her community and the region as a whole, um, and just some of the things she was able to do with no code. So that'll be cool to see. Aaron Kornblit, our favorite automation expert, uh, more content, faster delivery. So he's doing no code content management for everyone. Um, Connor Finlayson, 
This is all Wednesday, by the way. Connor Finlayson building online marketplaces with uh, Webflow, Airtable, and Zapier. If you haven't seen one of his uh, talks or presentations about this, uh, for sure want to check that out. And then Josh Jacobs as part of Mural's uh, panel discussion. Now Mural's team works better together in Webflow. So that'll be cool to look forward to. That's all Wednesday. Thursday, Joe Krug, our one and only right here in the house, is giving a talk about how uh, we built a successful powerhouse agency from zero uh, in three years. So Joe's giving that talk Thursday. Claudia Cafeo from the Floxies community is doing uh, how Webflow inspired a career change and a community for women in no code. So those are kind of the folks that we're excited to see. Those are people that are active in our community that we wanted to make sure you all knew about. But um, if there's something we missed, if there's a talk you think is exciting, we're also excited, obviously, for the keynote. We're excited for the speed building challenge, and we're excited for product announcements, which is what today is all about. So um, if we missed anything, if we didn't present your talk, if you're part of our community and, and, we, and we feel like we left you out here, leave us in the comments. We'll mention it before the end of the show here. We'd like to shine as much light as possible. Um, and again, join us for some of the hangout and, um, you know, watch parties and stuff during the event. Joe, anything else on the, uh, that's some lineup that is, well, the lineup that's for no code really is crazy. Impressive group of people. There's so yeah. much, there's so much this year. That's just a small sampling of folks that are kind of touching Ooh. our community, but it's much bigger on other sides of things. I think, Oh, Jay, people, Hang on, I have to turn this gather. <laughs> Sorry, our, looks like our live call and stuff got a little early. <laughs> Somebody found their way into the room. So, okay, um, announcements. We talked about that. We talked about that. Okay, that's it. Live, uh, like and subscribe. If you are not subscribed to the FinSuite YouTube channel, be sure to subscribe. That helps us reach more folks. And if you get any value out of the videos, we ask that you like them um, along the way. So let's get into our disclaimer for today. We're talking all about what the community wants, what we expect, what we'd like to see from Webflow, not just at the conference, but I think over the next you know year or so, product updates. Um, we're gonna talk a lot about this and we can't wait to hear what you all have to say from the community. So be sure to leave what you'd like to see in the comments. We're gonna address all that as we go. Um, so we always do a disclaimer. Joe, do you wanna take number one on the disclaimer there? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Building complex software is difficult. There's a lot of people in the community that are very, let's say, aggressive with pushing Webflow to, to make updates and to do big things with the platform. As this platform grows, as it becomes more complex, as there's more and more users, these updates take more time. I have been finding this fact out as we're starting to build these products, these little tiny products, small things, tools. It's a big, big lift. So um, be clear that that this is complex. This is not like they're not they're not moving as fast as FinSuite does, right? We we can move super super fast because we're a tiny team. We have tiny tools, tiny products, and we could just go make something in a month. Webflow is a much, much larger company. So every time I think about this, I, I like to really ground myself and say, any update to the platform, big, small, medium, is a big win for us. So disclaimer through all of this, this is not like, we're not gonna be gossiping about a wish list here. 
uh, or talking about crazy things that we think they're going to do. This is going to be a very grounded and direct to the point conversation. Well, and I have to imagine also like when you build something like Webflow, when you start out, right? I got to like, I'm trying to teleport myself back into like Vlad, Sergey, and uh, Brian's, you know, early days in Webflow. And you got these big dreams and you're like, oh, we're going to change the world. Everyone's going to use this super cool tool. But then you build with the resources you have available at the time for the need you need to solve in that immediate moment. And so you pull a database tool over here and you do a little thing over here and you get a little hacky over here and you start incurring slowly and slowly a little bit of technical debt, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And you never really expect it to just like explode like it has over the last couple of years. Right. And so I have to imagine a lot of what we're seeing is just going back. And we've talked about this before is buttressing up the architecture, rebuilding certain things, you know, refactoring parts of the application so that it is more performant as they scale and really hit the goals they want to do. The last thing we want to do is be building all these websites. And a year from now, the whole thing breaks because they release something a little premature or because they tried to like hack something together rather than, again, doing it fundamentally the correct way. And so we have had um, continuous faith that they're making decisions, um, just knowing the, the, the mentality of the leadership, that they're making the right decisions based on the long term potential of the tool here. And so we kind of just keep that in mind as we go through. We would love to see features over and over and fast and fast and fast. We all want to move fast. But I think once we once they get this new base and figure out what, you know, how to take that next step, I think we will start to see things a little faster. And we're just going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they're just working through some of those things. So anyway, as we talk through what the community wants and the wish list, just kind of keep some of those things in mind. This is incredibly complex. It's software that lots of people rely on. Like lots of people make their money on this platform. Lots of businesses have their brands and exposure and their front ends to the whole world on this thing. And so what we see is like a little thing or a little nominal whatever impacts lots of people down chain. And so just keep all those things in mind as you go through and, and think about some of this stuff. Um, Joe, anything else before we jump into the, the list? I'd, I'd love to bring up a comment from Ezekiel. Sure. Uh, I guess it's disappointing when we see companies like ClickUp that release new features almost monthly. You know, I think Webflow is going to get more and more into this once this big platform change happens. We've been hearing about a platform change for a long time. We know it's coming. And my guess is once this platform change comes, changes will be easier. Yes. They'll be more modular in the system. And we, we may start to see things happen monthly. <clears throat> I'll give a great example of what we're experiencing at FinSuite and why we build attributes. CMS library we built to do something. We built it to filter this list. We built it to load more items and it is great. But as we saw more people using it and more use cases and more technical requirements being needed in Webflow, we found this actually is not the best system for us. Uh, Making a change to CMS library is dangerous. If we make an update to CMS library, it could break so many other things. It's, it was not built to scale. It was not built as a modular system. And I bet when they were building Webflow as a platform on day one, they didn't think it would get to where it is right now. It's yeah. huge. So, I mean, I, we're getting into the show here. <laughs> Once we get to this big platform change, I think we're going to see this more and more. That's why yeah. we rebuilt CMS library is attributes. We built it to scale. We built it modular. 
So I think Webflow is following here. I also agree, ClickUp, great updates. And yeah, let's get into the show and talk about how Webflow is going to make these significant updates. Yeah, and I think um, going back to exactly what you said, it's like they don't have a 10,000 item limit just because they want to have a 10,000 item limit because arbitrarily they were like, you know, we should just stop everyone from building sites that have more than 10,000 items. And we'll take the heat on that on social just because and there's like a switch over here that they could just flip that they haven't flipped for some reason, right? No, the only reason they haven't done that is because pure speculation, it's hard, right? They have to go back and refactor something that's fundamentally tied to how all of this stuff works. And to do that requires a lot of work. And again, you can't mess with something that's in production. Um, So you got to start building over here and then you have to start tying that in. And so that's why every time people start complaining, especially like recently, these last couple of weeks, there's been like, hey, what's going on with the platform? I've had this thing's not working or that's not working. And so in my mind, that's where they're trying to connect those two pieces, right? The new to the old. And that's where you see some of the hiccups. That's where you see some of the hurdles. This is just inherent in software development. So um, yeah, let's do this, Joe. Let's go into this view here. Let's go screen. Boom. Okay. So we're going to look real quick as just a refresher of what the community's been asking for a while. The wish list is still something that exists in Webflow, although for a while it was kind of abandoned. It looks like they've kind of cleaned it up and, you know, done some freshening up about this. But let's just go through real quick and kind of take a look at what stated the community wants. Um, obviously, top on the list is the user login and membership functionality. This is something that, you know, like, is at the forefront of most people's minds who are building for the web, especially as community and marketing and things get, you know, exciting people with the e-commerce. Like you just want to be able to like let people gate to get into a deeper level of content, um, manage their orders, see some of this stuff. And so I I could see why user login, memberships, et cetera, is like at the top of this list. I do think we'll see some of that. We're going to get into that in just a second. Um, Multilanguage sites and CMS fields is high on the list. This is a global audience. We talked about that. If you're in another part of the world, you want to be able to translate the websites into that language easily. There's tools like Weglot and there's other translation services, but it's just, you know, it's not been the same. And so people want to see something from Webflow that's a little more um, robust in that field. Um, a desktop off, off, offline application. Uh, we're going to talk about why we, I don't think we'll ever see that ever from Webflow a little bit later. Um, we have that as one of the things we won't see. Uh, real-time filtering and sorting on the website. Again, I think this is something that's highly sought after, but this is, you know, I don't know how high that is on their priority list. So that's why we d- did some of the CMS library. I think we're going to see actually real-time filtering and sorting, CMS slider, ability to style CSS combination combinators. Uh, those are all things you can things you can now do with FinSuite tools, right? You can do those with the extension. You can do that with the CMS library. Tomorrow, you'll be able to do more complex filtering with attributes, style system. Joe, so anything on the top, those are the top one, two, three, four, five, let's say six items. Um, And we could throw the European hosting in there because that's something we hear about all the time. It would be cool to see some some more versatility as it relates to hosting um, on there. But any any thoughts just about those uh, initial items here? Different email settings for different forms. I think the form systems just overall could use some love. component marketplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe, what do you what do you think as you see these? 
Yeah, well, I think that top one is going to be the shining star of the the event here. We keep hearing this. I know yesterday when we were doing our, our networking, everybody was talking about who has the beta to this? Who knows anything about this? And we found that nobody knows anything about this, but we keep hearing that it's coming. Something's coming. And look, even that one is in development. We saw that whole list. Not many said in development, but this one does. So I think tomorrow we're going to hear some juicy information about user login, maybe release the beta, maybe some information about it. Uh, and that's going to be a big one. That's a big one for a lot of people. A lot of people run into a roadblock when they get to this feature when yeah. using Webflow. Well, and I think that becomes like the ground floor for a lot of the other things that they need to build, right? If we're going to get into some of the logic, if you're going to get into like more robust e-commerce, if you're going to get into subscriptions, um, really anything, right? Even if you wanted to, let's say, build like a cred app, like we're going to talk a little bit about remapping forms into the CMS as like something we'd like to see. It requires memberships. You need to know who's doing those things inside the system. So this is a big one, I think, for Webflow in general. This is like a huge update internally. Um, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know how long they're going to release this. Like, I don't know when we're going to get real access, right? I don't know if like tomorrow they're going to announce that they're opening up the beta a month from now, or if tomorrow they're going to open up the beta. Um, is it going to be in beta for a year? Like what kind of features will we see with the membership stuff? Um, Joe, any thoughts, ideas, like on the membership side of things, like what, you know, what, what will we see or what, what do you think we'll see from, from membership and core level functionality, or is that even too much to speculate on? You know, I think it's going to be tied into e-commerce. I have a feeling about this. Complete mm. speculation. Side note, separate disclaimer, I hate speculation. I'm surprised <laughs> I even agreed to do this show. I don't like talking about this stuff and like trying to guess what's going to happen. But we're going to do it for the show. I think it's going to have something with e-commerce. So imagine you have people that can buy things and get digital goods. And then they have a login functionality to go and access those goods. Yeah, yeah. I think that could be in the near future. I'm not saying yeah. it's going to be released tomorrow, but that's that has to be part of it for me. I think, I'm gonna go a little firmer than you. I think that has to be part of the initial release. That's been such a missing element in e-commerce and not just for digital goods, but for any goods, right? To be able to make a purchase and then log in and see what I bought to update my shipping address or like you said, download my digital products right now when you know we do the digital product it's like send someone a link which is okay but like what if i lose that email or what if i forget about that i kind of want to go back to the website and what if i buy two or three things or five things or there's a library of things i want to kind of be able to go back to the website and just like i can right now in webflow design that experience for people you know like that's a whole another level of like whoa if i can start designing that back-end experience for folks on the membership side of things um I also think subscriptions could be a big player here because look at what's happening with like Substack or review or any of these little like, I mean, because community is such a big part of marketing right now, you know, like having a home for that community is also a big part of marketing. And so as people sell more courses, build more communities, subscription style stuff, I think is going to be a big part of this. And um, it'll be interesting to see how they bake subscriptions and memberships and management into this. 
And the other interesting question in my mind will be how do they handle pricing for memberships, right? Memberships are all good and great. I hope, you know, one of the things that I think WordPress, like hurts WordPress, and maybe it helps and hurts, I don't know. It's great that there's so many plugins, but all these plugins are 50 bucks, 100 bucks. Maybe it's 50 bucks, 100 bucks a month. Maybe it's a year or whatever it is. Maybe it's a thousand bucks. I don't know. It's just, there's all these little add-ons and I hope we don't get caught in like the nickel and dime routine here where like every little thing starts costing a ton of money. Like Webflow, e-commerce, I think they're hosting everything. It's like, it's, it's fairly, it's close to where the other things are, like viable platforms, WordPress, e-commerce, et cetera. Once you get into quality hosting, like it's fairly similar in pricing. But if you start stacking other things on that, Webflow comes out of the box with like user auth, uh, I'm sorry, WordPress comes out of the box with like permissions and multi-user access and the ability to add some of these things really easily. So I hope Webflow in the spirit of doing some of this doesn't just start tacking on a bunch of money to their cost structure here with these memberships. Cause I think that would, that would, that would limit the growth, right? That would limit the ability for people to get excited about just coming and building the memberships and finding ways to, to build that into their, their web budget already. Um, any other thoughts on that, Joe? Yeah, I, I agree. And if it if it does come with a cost, I want it to have a really nice benefit for me. So, you know, just like the e-commerce, you charge extra for the e-commerce makes sense because I can now charge people more money and get that money back each month. Yeah. So if there is a cost attached to the user login, I want to have a way to get that money back. I want to have yeah. a way to to charge people to recoup that. And that's where I, I think, think that's coming. You know, subscriptions I, that's, for sure. That's I, I really do feel. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get into like, I don't know, like a percentage this is going to be a percentage of your subscription is going to be like 1%, 2%, you know, like lots of membership sites do things like that where now they charge you a percentage mm -hmm. of the total spend. I don't know that I love that stuff either. So I don't know. I, I don't really know how they're going to handle this. I haven't really given much thought. This is all off the hip here. Um, so let's see. Oh, Zach Bujazia saying, just got a membership beta in, invite a few minutes ago. Ooh, Zach got the fire over here, you know? Let's get him. That's Let's right. Let's get him on screen share. Let's expose it. <laughs> That's right. Right now, Zach, we need you to go over to the gather space and get ready for a screen share. We're going to blow the, the lid off this thing right now. <laughs> um, Giuseppe was saying, I think we all have to understand that Webflow is like a huge cathedral and not surprising that it's slow to change the foundation architecture. Let's not compare it to slimmer applications. 100%, you know, like, um, totally. yeah, that, that, that's, that's going back to what we were talking about earlier for sure. Um, anything else in here that we need to, let's see, membership is going to be crazy. He says users are going to be able to build their own Webflow template marketplace. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, and we'll talk yeah. a little bit about some of those other, um, elements and how that connects as we get into the next section here. Jeremy's saying building communities is huge. It's all shifting that direction. Yeah. And managing that community, giving them a, a home that's beautiful, that's not like, you know, some templated, again, cookie cutter, everyone has the same back end, like, eh, not exciting. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so let's pull that. What's the next thing here? Um, so that's, that's a quick look at the wish list. Let's go back through user membership, uh, multi-language sites and CMS fields. Do we expect anything? I think our, our show structure is probably not uh, set up perfect for this. Hang on. Uh-oh. What happened to my GFX? 
you can already have your own OneFlow template boutique. Uh, you let people preview the template, buy it, and then it's just a matter of transferring the template to their account. Yeah, I hear that. That's not really a scalable thing if you have to manually transfer projects, though. So unless you figured out a way to hack that back end or kind of automate that, that doesn't really scale. So um, yeah, I, I, it's a good point. You can do that. I'm just not sure it's um, the best way. So let, let's go through anything other than what's on that first page of Wick wish list items. Um, otherwise, let's go into what we would like because I think we've already covered some of these elements of what we would like to see. Um, I think at the top of my list are updates to as somebody who's like building and working for a company who's building tools for the back of this thing for like to make Webflow more powerful, I'd love to see updates to the API. And I don't see that on this Webflow wish list as like a top community rated item. That doesn't mean it's not on page two or page three or page four. Um, but it would be cool if it was more dev friendly, if Webflow just had easier endpoints um, for developers to do. Like if you've ever built anything with the Webflow API, you realize there's like there's some logic instances that just get difficult for developers to work around. And so um, I think that, again, goes back to the early way it was built. Maybe that's not functional or uh, possible, but it would be cool to see. And I think that's when Webflow really opens up, right? When I always make the analogy that Webflow is like BlackBerry or uh, iOS and Webflow is, uh, Webflow is like iOS, WordPress is like BlackBerry, but pre um, app store, right? When the iPhone first came out, it was just like a cool toy. And Blackberry was the institutional enterprise level thing that like, it was just it. And everybody was talking about how Blackberry was yep. the new thing for enterprise communication. Nobody was going to unseat them. And then iPhone comes out with this cool little toy that all the kids are playing with. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's cool, but it's just a toy. And then the app store opened up and we all know what happened from there. I really do think Webflow right now is iOS pre app store. WordPress is BlackBerry. Mm -hmm. You know, there's other tools out there that people are like, no, that's the way. It's that over there. And this is just the shiny little toy that's sitting on the sideline that, you know, some people are playing with, but it doesn't really have the eyeballs of all the dev community. As soon as that opens up, as soon as that developer backend opens up, it's going to be off to the races. Like, it's just going to be mm -hmm. on like Donkey Kong. Like, it's going to be insane. Um, so that's, for me, is at the top of what I would like to see. I don't know that that's anything we're going to see at no code comp um, this year or maybe even next year. I don't know. It'd be cool. But um, yeah, Joe, any thoughts on that? Yeah, this goes right back to what we we're talking about before with how the system was originally built. It was originally built for designers. It was built for people that were, um, I would say, not not with enterprise needs. Right. You, you look at the, the very early days of Webflow and there weren't enterprise level companies going and using the platform. 2013, 14, 15, it just it wasn't that common. But now as we see more of these companies come to the platform, there is an inherent need for this more technical side. The inherent need of the, the improved API and all of these other things. Um, and really, I think that the precursor to this, the requirement is this big platform change. This, hey, I don't know what they're going to say about it, but we have rebuilt this part of it, which now lets us do this. And I think that that's going to come 
in the next two days. The yeah. announcement of that, not necessarily the, the, the implementation of it. Yeah, yeah, it would be cool. That's another thing I'd like to see is just to open up and be a little more transparent about what's coming. Yeah. And I know it doesn't have to be like an exact date because again, complex software is hard and it's hard to commit to like a specific date, you know, and things change and it's constantly adapting. So like, but just knowing the roadmap, like knowing what's being worked on, what is like significantly making progress internally, like all of those things would be good to know. Um, I wanted to bring this comment up by Mustafa here. He goes, um, my wish list consists of half proper support. And I want to challenge this a little bit because I people get on Webflow all the time about their support stuff. And I do agree that when you have a real issue with Webflow and it's a bug or something's wrong with the platform, there should be a better way to prioritize those requests. However, I have to imagine they get inundated with support requests for people who just don't know what they're doing, right? The platform is so complex that you could be using it wrong yourself and creating problems for yourself that you think are inherent to the platform. I've done this. I've created things where like things go wrong and I'm like, oh, Webflow sucks. It's like, no, I sucked at the time <laughs> in building and I had to figure out and troubleshoot yeah. what was going on. So I agree. I think there could be instances where the support could be triaged a little better. I think they tried it with that um, chat widget for a while and it wasn't really like super successful. I don't think that chat widget was a win for them. Um, so I, and, and I know they're working on this, but I, again, I have to cut them a lot of slack because like, I know the kinds of requests that we get in Slack channels, on email, via DM. And a lot of times they're like issues that people need help with that they think is the problem with the software, but it's not. It's a problem with the setup. It's a missing something somewhere, you know, it's um, some kind of alignment or positioning issue on a parent element, three items down that they didn't even know they hit. And now it's affecting something else. And so like these things happen. And so I, I don't know, um, Mustafa, I hear you. I think that's a real issue they need to focus on is support and communication in general. But I also give them a lot of um, slack there because I have to imagine it's just overwhelming. And also consider the speed that Webflow is growing at. I have not used Webflow support for years. Maybe it's been like four years or so. I only used support when I first started, when I was asking those stupid questions and, <laughs> and not realizing that it was my fault, not theirs. So at, the, at that time, everything was great. I remember I love the support. They got back quick, everything great. But Webflow has grown so much it's hard to scale a team at that speed, really hard. Mm. And I know that they're doing that. I hear a lot internally, people with Webflow saying that they are growing their support. They're doing big things to improve their support. So I'm going to agree with Rymar here. Just give them a bit of time to, to react to this massive yeah. growth of the platform, which I also think wasn't really known, right? Three years ago, I don't think Webflow was looking at Webflow how it is today. It, it there's just no way the the growth is, the growth is too massive. Yeah, the type of things that people are building in Webflow are completely different. It's a massive change. Yeah, the other thing I have to say is like, there's no support for Google Analytics or for Facebook or for any of this 
shit. Mm, like you just, it's true. you know, like yeah. when you get to a certain level, like it's just, here's the thing. And I, I get it. They're charging money. You know, there's arguments to be made. I think we could probably dedicate a whole episode to kind of going back and forth on the pros and cons of how support should be run on something like this. But I don't see a lot of other big tech companies with like overwhelmingly like crazy support on a product that this, this technically complex. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I, again, I just, I don't know. I don't know how to address that. Um, one more comment on that. One more. Let's take an example like ClickUp. When you write to ClickUp support, it's probably because there is a problem with the software, right? Nobody's writing to ClickUp uh, constantly like, hey, I don't know how to organize my notes. Like, like, tell me some strategies to organize my notes. It's, hey, this bullet is not being added and it disappears on mobile. It's like, it's very objection, objective stuff. With Webflow, there are over a thousand potential issues with every single project. Mm. The, we talk about the complexity of the, the platform as a whole, but there's also a major complexity just using it as, a, as an end user. So also keep that in mind, that this is a totally different beast than your other yeah. classic tech companies, like a ClickUp, like a Notion. Yeah, think about the, re the work required to go in and not just like, is this button doing something it shouldn't be doing, but I have to now go in and understand your naming structure and look at positioning stuff at different elements and figure out whether things are like built right. And so now that becomes more than just support, you know, that becomes a whole nother thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, let's, let's, let's go let's into the chat the here. I see a lot of, yep. Go ahead. Yeah. I see a lot of, uh, good comments. I don't have one specifically to pull up, but I'm, I'm just looking over to the list and there's a lot of people with, with some nice comments here. Let's see. Um, isn't education the responsibility company though? Why else does FinSuite provide stellar and free support? Again, we have a lot smaller audience than in general Webflow. Yeah. And we run into these bottlenecks ourselves. Like sometimes people get back and you know, maybe they don't get the support in the time that they expect, or like we run into these issues too. So it's not like we're immune to any of this stuff. This stuff is just inherent in dealing with scale. Um, and education is not necessarily the pure responsibility of Webflow, right? Like this is where the community comes in. Webflow's done an amazing job with education, I think. They've got some great resources. Their university is one of the best for SaaS products I've ever seen. You know, and yeah. then the community steps sure. in and fills in whatever other gap. So I hear you, Shane. I, 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 I agree. I think that the education is important, but I think it's also like, users want to get moving fast and sometimes they want to get fast moves moving faster than their education allows than their skill set and the tool allows and sometimes that leads to problems in webflow with naming and and class structure etc so um sometimes education on the platform is important but we all know that the more you know about html css javascript the easier webflow gets and so whose education like who, who whose responsibility is that education uh, let's see. Need let's bring up a comment from Jacob. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's start with this. Need to have a no-code API builder native in Webflow ASAP. Okay. Uh, I'm guessing this is uh, the capability of interacting with APIs natively inside the Webflow platform. 
Now that's one that I just don't see coming in the next two days, even an wow. announcement for this. Yeah. This I think is more of a long-term thing. I think this is on their roadmap for their more technical side, the API side of their rollouts. But yeah, I, I don't think we're gonna see something like this, although very valuable. Well, and I could see how them uh, yeah. handling some of like the logic layer that they teased at the world tour last year um, would be important to mm -hmm. doing some of this. So it would be cool if like in a parabola type instance or an integromat type instance where you can like plug in a logic layer to an external endpoint or connect something externally. But again, I think that has to do with a lot of other things that come before it. And so I think that's that's a while out. I'm not sure that's something we should expect Webflow to solve anytime soon. I also can't see Webflow releasing a parabola type UI or a parabola type workflow. Uh, I know I when I jumped into Parabola, I right away was like, okay, there's a huge learning curve here. This is you can't just open and open this up with no knowledge of what's going on and say, all right, I'm using it. One of the beauties of Webflow is that when they release something, when they have a new feature, it comes pretty naturally. There's a, a very natural feeling to using this platform. So yeah, I, I can't see Webflow doing something like Parabola. Just the learning curve doesn't make sense for for the platform. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Jacob Jacob Patel, that is the the comment. Would love if you didn't have to integrate with third party to run email campaigns. Nice, absolutely. Mm. I think this is going to be coming once the marketplace comes. Once this developer marketplace, you can now integrate with tools that are outside of Webflow inside Webflow, that's when we're going to see more of this stuff. So maybe we hear about that at the conference, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't say that this is going to come at the conference. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, let's see, we need multi-language in Europe. What do you think about this feature? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I agree. I think multi-language, I'm kind of torn sometimes though, because I do think multi-language is like something that we might see Google AI solve before all of these web technology platforms get up to date on doing it. If you're operating in multiple different areas, I see where it's important for you to have, you know, multiple language websites. It's like putting the language in the native website, uh, the native language of the user locally and having that be proper, not just some automated translation. Like that's important. I totally see that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you do it. It's like such a big thing. You know, so I I don't know. Um, I agree it's an important feature. I just also imagine it's a really hard, complicated problem to solve. Um, but maybe with a new database, maybe so, again, some of the CMS item limits that you can have duplicate collections of all of the items in the native language or in the different languages um, and it just localizes locally. I don't know. Um, I don't know how they would do that. Um, Ezekiel saying Weglot is a major sponsor. Don't think that will be announced this year. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good, <laughs> yep, good point, Ezekiel. Nice. <laughs> Adrian is saying, I'm rethinking becoming a Webflow expert or partner. I applied last November, but they keep losing my info. Is there a payoff or is this a waste of time? I definitely think it's a good thing for your portfolio. Um, I know they had been overwhelmed with those applications, but they 
like I hear all the time of them announcing more experts and partners. Um, I wouldn't expect like a ton of leads from these programs just based on the number of people that are, that are coming into it. But it's one of those things that validates, like if I have a Webflow experts badge on my website, I think that validates me in the world of Webflow. So as you're closing deals and as you're trying to like recruit new business to the agency or to your freelance operation, I think that does help. Um, any thoughts on that, Joe? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Adrian, I would keep pushing for that. Keep going for it. Uh, the only thing I would recommend is not to rely on it once you get in. If you become a Webflow expert, don't rely on this to get you business. Mm. I think it is a way that a lot of people can get business. It can be a good lead source, uh, but don't don't say, hey, I'm getting into Webflow experts so I can stop doing these other things for leads. <clears throat> like Reimar said, it's more of a, I'm in this platform, it's on my portfolio, this means I've been certified right. by the company that we're building with. It's like the blue check mark on Twitter, you know? It's not really yeah, going to get right. you like a lot of followers, but it's going to let people know like, okay, this person's been some, I, I don't know, maybe it's a little less because there's a little less um, structure and vetting, I think that goes in those blue checks. But yeah, I wouldn't expect it to become like a big boon for you financially just because you're now listed in this place. Uh, maybe that was the case when there was just a small pool of those. Um, but at this point, I think it's more about credibility, being able to put it on your resume, your portfolio, et cetera. Um, Joachim is saying, I'd like to keep websites hosted on Webflow and be able to plug my own SQL database to it. Yeah, again, that goes back to like the developer endpoints and having a better ingest API for sending, pushing, pulling data. data. Um, let me run through two things that I would love to see um, and, let's, and let's move to the next segment here. Um, one, and I think again, this requires memberships, is the ability to um, map symbol overrides to the CMS and map form fields back to the CMS. So imagine if I could create a symbol and in the symbol overrides field, instead of typing what I want the symbol override to be for that field, I could just pick a CMS collection and map those form fields to that CMS collection. Now, whenever I pull this instance of the symbol, I have a component that I've designed and I can update that anywhere unanimously without like, you know, asynchronously with just editing one element, the symbol, but then I could pull different data into that symbol anywhere in the app. Super cool. This would be amazing. Um, I could see this being part of their component library thing eventually as that rolls out. The other thing is forms. So same way, right? If somebody's logged into my website and I display a form to them, I would love to be able to map those form inputs to the CMS. So if it's a blog, I could maybe create a login dashboard for my user and display the CMS form and let them add blog articles right from the front end, right? And so again, I think those both require memberships. Those are both high level future looking things that I would love to see from Webflow, but it seems like a natural progression as we see how they're building and stacking some of these features out. How do those things evolve into the next phase and allow this web building tool to become more of a software development tool? Because um, with those two features, you could build a ton. You could build like 80% of news websites. If you have membership, login, and the ability to like basically build a CRUD app, you know, um, what is it? Create, uh, read, update, and delete, I think are the, you know, what, what a CRUD app stands for. And so mapping those forms and being able to map the, uh, the, the symbol overrides to the CMS 
are both like vital steps to turning Webflow into more of like, again, a CRUD-based architecture.